Gemara here was talking about the bracha that you make on olive oil. And we said that the bracha would be Bayre Pri Ha'etz. So the Gemara will discuss now exactly in what scenario is this person drinking or swallowing olive oil. Gufa, so let's go back to this din itself. The bracha you make on olive oil is very creates. Hey, what's the case here? What's going on? If you're going to say the case is that he just simply drinks olive oil. This is something This is something that harms the person. It's not healthy. You don't drink it that way. The Tanya, one that drinks oil, olive oil, that belongs to Trume, you have to reimburse, you have to pay back the principle of what you drank, but the din of Chaymish that applies to when you eat Trume does not apply in this case, because drinking olive oil is not the normal way of consuming it, and therefore there's no din of paying the added fifth. How, how about a soch shemesh If you take olive oil of truma and you use it to smear yourself with it, so then mishalom akseren v'asachaymish you have to pay a keren and mishalom asachaymish you have to pay the added fifth as well because that is the use, the regular use of olive oil. So you see right here clearly that oil is not made to drink as a as a drink. Ella, the answer is the ko'achale al yedei pas. He is he's, he's eating bread along with the bread. He's dipping the bread into oil. And that's how he's eating the olive oil. So now the question is, wait a minute, if he's eating it together with bread, is he going to make a bracha eitz on the olive oil? Ihachi, if so, have you laid pas iker? The main food he's eating is the bread, and the oil is a tofel, is a secondary. Utanim, we learned in the Mishnah, is cloud. This is the rule. This is going to be later over here. We're going to learn this in the Pedic. Kol shu iker vi'imait feila. Anytime there's a primary food. And along with it, there's a secondary food. You make the bracha on the primary food. And that, and then you're exempt of making a bracha on the secondary food. This is, of course, regarding when you wash for bread. And not only that, as we'll see later on in the Pedic, regarding many cases, whenever you have a mixture of foods, a ikir and a tafel, the bracha is made on the ikir and not on the tafel. So, Ella, so we have to look for a different case of how this person is drinking this oil. The kashasile al yedeya nigrain. He's drinking this oil with a nigrain, which the Gemara explains right now what a nigrain is. What is a nigrain? Maya de silka. A nigrain is when you cook beets in water, and that water that has the beet, basically beet, the, 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 the barsh, yeah, which is known as barsh, that is what's called a nigrain. Okay, Maya de silka, water of the beets, that you cook the beets in it. And then there's something else, ansigrain. Or perhaps the person is eating, or drinking that is, the oil together with ansigrain. What's ansigrain? Maya de kulushlaki. Not only beet water, that you cook beets in it, but any other vegetables. Basically, any other vegetable soup, you cooked vegetables in it, and you're drinking the olive oil together with this vegetable soup. So that's what happened over here, and that's when you have to make the bracha, so on the top of Lamed Vav Amaralaf. So the mother asks Weiter, Still doesn't answer it. In Cain, if so, have you lay a nigra in Iker? Still, the, a nigra in the soup is the main thing he's eating, Visham and Tafel. And the oil that he's putting into the soup is still secondary. So you don't have to make a bracha on it either. But man, the same, very same mission is that. Klal, Koshu, Iker, we might fail anytime. You have a primary food and then a secondary food with it. You make the bracha on the main food. And you're exempt of making a bracha on the secondary food. 
So the Gemara gives another answer. In the case of a person drinking oil, that you make a bracha, if you have a sore throat, the Tanya, this is a, a Braise that's talking about on Shabbos. On Shabbos there's a Gzaira that you're not allowed to take any medicines, so you shouldn't come to crush to, to create the medicine for yourself. So therefore on Shabbos you're not allowed to take any medicines, and you're not allowed to um, do any other thing that's for the point of healing a person. Of course today we take all medicines in a case where if you're not going to take it consistently, and you're going to skip Shabbos, then the whole antibiotics won't be effective, so therefore we take today medicines on Shabbos. But if a person is not feeling well and he wants to take a Tylenol on Shabbos, it's a Shiloh. So you're in bed, whatever, there's different, but the Darach Klal Shabbos, you don't take medications. So over here, you're allowed, Achishish, you're allowed to prepare it before Shabbos. Prepare what before Shabbos? It's a Tylenol. If you, if you know you will need it, that's if you're not feeling good Friday. Okay, perhaps. Okay, I'm not sure. Okay, I hear. Maybe. Achishish Begreino is someone that has a, a sore throat. Loya Arena B'Shemen. He should not tchila b'shabes. L'chatchila on Shabbos, he shouldn't take olive oil and uh, gargle it in his throat in order to soothe his throat to heal himself. Aval noisin shemen harbel otoycha nigrainu beleya. You take the olive oil, put a lot of olive oil into the soup, and you swallow it. So then it'll heal your throat, and then you're not doing it as a refuah. You're you're eating it, and then you can do that on Shabbos. So in such a case. The main, what's the main thing here? The soup. He's not interested in eating the soup. He's interested in drinking the olive oil. In this case, the olive oil is the primary food. The soup is the secondary food. So therefore, you make the bracha eights on the olive oil. In such a case, pshita. It's obvious. I mean, you're basically drinking olive oil. Elamai is putting it inside the soup because it's Shabbos, so therefore he has to put it into the soup. But it's pashit that in a case where the main thing is the olive oil, so you make the bracha eights. The answer is Mao, the time I would think even the little fool come if a person is drinking this olive oil for the purpose of healing his throat. Perhaps he shouldn't have to make a bracha at all. Kamash Malon. So the Khilishir is Kivan this lay if you're having a gnaw of this olive oil while you're drinking it, whether because it's with the soup or because it's, uh, he's having a gnaw of the olive oil, you do make a bracha on it. And this is brought that any time you drink, take any medicines, you don't make a bracha. Including if you have to have some water to swallow a pill, you don't make a bracha either. Because the chlau, when you drink water, you only make a bracha if you're thirsty. But stam, if you're drinking water for, with a pill, you don't make any bracha. The only time you make a bracha on any medications is if the medicine has a taste and you're having a no of the taste. But otherwise, you don't make a bracha on any medications. Zakti Gemara, another din altogether. Kimcha dechiti. If a person is eating flour of wheat... So the Pashtab Shat, and the way Rashi learns here is, Pashtab, a person is somehow eating flour. Doesn't sound too tasty, but a person is eating flour. Taisvis says, it's not exactly mamish flour, but it's, you took the kernel and you crushed it, but you didn't mamish crush it to be flour. You crushed it, and then you sort of roasted it, and this is something that's eaten this way. Okay, that's what it's talking about. So that's is what exactly it is. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, You make a bracha, Bairi Priyadama, like the din would be if you eat the kernel of wheat. What happens if someone chews the kernel of wheat without crushing it? The brach is by the priyadama. So therefore, Rav Yehuda says, if you take it and you crush it into a flour according to Rashi or according to Tais, it's not exactly a flour. The brach still remains by the priyadama. Nachman Omar, Rav Nachman argues and says, no, shahakal niye Once it's, it's turned into a flour, so now the, it, it, it changes, now the brach is going to be shahakal niye so Rav said to Rav Nachman, like do not argue on what Rav Yehuda said that the bracha remains by the priyadama. Why not? 
that Rabbi Yechen and Shmuel kind of give us say, because Rabbi Yechen and Shmuel both agree to what Rabbi Yehuda said. Where do we see this? What we learned before, that Shemen Zayis, Mavarchen Olav, Bayer Priyates, on olive oil, the bracha is Bayer Priyates. So you have the olive itself, the olive, the bracha is Bayer Priyates, and then you turn, you, you press it, and you have oil, and the bracha is still Bayer Priyates. So the same thing with the kernel of the wheat, you take the kernel, it's Bayer Priyadama, you crush it, you make it flour, and you eat it, it should still be Bayer Priyadama. Alma, what I see from here is Afagav de Ishtani Afagav de Ishtani, although it's changed from its original form, Milsekai, it remains in its bracha the way it was before. The bracha is either by the Priyadama, by the uh, kernel of wheat, and by the Priyadama, by the olive oil. Hochanami, so over here as well, Afagav de Ishtani Milsekai, so it remains the same bracha. This is the raya that Rava brought to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. So the Gemara responds to this, no, there's no comparison. Midami, how could you compare? In the case of the olive oil, there's no additional stage of developing it further. You press it, you have the olive oil, and that's it. That's its usage. However, when it comes to the flour, flour can go to the next stage where you make it into a dough and you bake it into a bread. So therefore, in this middle stage, the bracha is not going to be a hadama like it was, because it's not anymore the kernel the way it originally grew, and it's not the final stage of the way it's usually eaten, it's in a stage in between, so in that in-between stage, the bracha would be shahakal. Is this true? That if it has an additional stage, you could develop it too. You do not make a bari priyadama. The only bracha you make is shahakal. So the Gemara will bring now from another from another statement that it seems to contradict this. Um, pumpkins. Or flour, not from wheat, but over here it says specifically flour from barley. On these two, you make shakal Okay, so even though akrochaya grows from the ground, but because it's not meiti raw, so therefore you make a bracha shakal nebedvare. And this is brought in the Altareb Shukhanarach, pumpkins, yeah. This is brought in the Altareb Shukhanarach not only regarding pumpkins, but the tr- same is true also regarding any other vegetable that's not meiti raw. So if a person eats a potato raw, whatever other vegetable is not meiti raw, you make a bracha shakal nebedvare. That's the Allah Chalamaisa. Right? And the Kimcha Besari, it says here, also, it's not made to eat this way, so you make the bracha shakal nebedvare. So the Gemara is medayik. My love, don't you think, why did he say specifically the wheat, sorry, specifically the flour that comes from barley? The, the chiti, he's saying specifically barley, but if it would be the flour of wheat, by the priyadama, there the bracha would be by the priyadama, right? Because we know that barley is much less choshev than wheat. So maybe by barley, if it's flour, so over there it doesn't have the chshivas of the kernel itself, so you make the bracha shahakal. But maybe by wheat, you still make the bracha by the priyadama. So the Gemara answers, no, that's not the case. That's not the reason why he chose to speak about barley. When you have flour of wheat, the bracha would also be shahakal nebedvare. So then why didn't he say a bigger chiddish, that even on the flour of wheat, you make a shahakal, and I would for sure know that barley, which is less chosheh of the bracha, is shahakal. And for the Gemara, 
Because if it would say that on, on wheat you make the bracha shahakal, havamina, maybe I would think, only the flour of wheat do you make a bracha on it. Maybe if you're eating flour of uh, barley, you have no anna from it, it's not the way it's to be eaten as no shivis, so therefore you, maybe you don't make a bracha at all. Kamash malon, therefore it has to tell me that you make a bracha. That's why it's speaking specifically about barley to tell me the very chiddush that you make a bracha on it. So the Gemara questions this, wait a minute, is eating a flour of barley any worse than a person that just eats plain salt or plain salt water? The Tznan, and we learned in the Mishnah, if you're eating plain salt or plain salt water, the bracha you make is shahaka. So even on that you make a bracha. So how could, what would be the have a minute to say that if you're eating flour of barley that you don't make a bracha? And for the Gemara, no, actually, flour of barley may be even worse, maybe even less. It's, it needs, we need to teach you this then. Salt, I would think, to say, melach vizomis, water or salt water, there could be instances where a person throws it into his mouth, a person wants to gargle salt water, whatever it is. There are instances where a person does eat plain salt or salt water. But when it comes to the flour of barley, hoyl v'koshil kuk yaini. Since this is something that causes worms in their intestines, it's not pashat, not healthy to eat it. So therefore, perhaps one should not make a bracha at all because it's it's harmful to the person. So therefore, it teaches me, even though it is harmful for the person, but while you're eating, you're benefiting from it. So therefore, you have to make a bracha. So this is sort of a follow-up to the halacha that we learned before regarding a person that's taking medicine. When you take medicine, you don't make a bracha. But if you're, if you're feeling the taste and it's <coughs> beneficial to you, you make a bracha. The same thing here, when you're eating kincha desari, which is dangerous, it's not good to eat it, but yet, if you're having a no while you're eating it, that warrants a bracha. What's going to be the din with kaira? Kaira is in the palm trees, so when the new uh, uh, branches grow, in the beginning they grow very soft, and there are these shoots that come out of the tree and it takes time, long time until they become hard. I think it's what's called today hearts of palm, if I'm not mistaken. So the question is, what's the halacha of these branches when they're very soft and you can break it off and it's edible? What kind of bracha do you make in it? So we have a similar... Uh, it's in the palm tree, the palm tree, the branches. No, 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 we'll see in a moment. Okay, so the, so the basic idea over here is, maybe I should give this introduction before we go weiter, that even though it's growing on a tree, you have to remember, even something that grows from the ground, not necessarily is by the priyadama, like we just saw. If it's not made to eat raw, you make a shahakal. The same thing also with the tree. Even these branches that are soft, you can take it off and eat it, just because it's on a tree, it's not automatically by the priya eats. If it's not what, it's, what the tree was planted for, it's not what it's made to eat for, as we'll see in a moment, maybe the bracha will be shahakal. So the Gemara will discuss that now. That's the connection to what we learned before. Let's see, let's see. Rav Yehudah, Rav Yehudah says, Bayri Priya Dama. The bracha is Bayri Priya Dama. It's for sure not Bayri Priya Eitz, because it's not the fruit of the tree. So he says the bracha is Bayri Priya Dama. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, no, even less than that. Shahakal Niyabedvare. We make the general bracha, which is Shahakal Niyabedvare. It's not what the tree is planted for. Actually, the Gemara will give a few reasons. The Gemara starts off with one reason. First, the Gemara says, Rav Yehudah, Bayri Priya Dama. Rav Yehudah says, you make the bracha Bayri Priya Dama. Peirehu. It's, it's growing on the tree, and therefore it's something you can eat from the tree, so it deserves a bracha of bayri priya dama. Takanad bayri priya, it's like the fruit, it's not the fruit of the tree, but still it's a pate, it's something that's right to eat, so you have to make a bracha of bayri priya dama. 
Yeah, I've had them. The palm trees, palms, the, the dates. Yeah. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, Shahakal Nia Bedvare. The Brahe is Shahakal Nia Bedvare. Why? Hoyel Vesoyfila Hakshes. Since if you don't pull it off, if you don't eat, take, take it early enough, eventually it becomes hard and it becomes another branch in the tree. So therefore it's not uh, made for the fruit, so therefore the Brahe is Shahakal Nia Bedvare. Which was the one that argued on Rav Yehuda, said to Rav Yehuda, Shinana, you sharp one. This is an expression the Gemara uses many times regarding Rav Yehuda. That he was sharp. Your opinion actually makes more sense than my own. Why? The Hatznayin. Let's take a look at another example. Radish. It's radish. If you leave it in the ground too long, it becomes so hard that it's not even edible. And we eat the radish before it becomes too hard. And we do make a bracha on it. So what do I see? That even if it's something that's going to become very hard later, if you eat it before it becomes hard, you make the bracha priyadama. So the Gemara says, no, this raya of Shmuel is not a comparison. Why not? Not a comparison. People plant the radishes having a mind to use it at that stage when it's soft, which is called fugla. Fugla, is, that's, that Rashi says, that's its name. When it's softer, it's called fugla. Dikla, however, a, a palm tree, people do not plant palm trees to eat the branches of the tree when they're still soft. They plant the palm trees for the dates, to eat the dates. If you want, you can take off certain <coughs> branches and, and, and eat them, but that's not what people planted for. Right? Like, not the inshadai to the kaira. So therefore, the bracha on it could still be a shahakal nebedvari. So, according to most Rishainim, the Gemara is actually um, re- having charat of what it said before. Before it gave a different reason. Before it gave the reason because it's going to become hard. So now the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. The reason is something else. Because you have to look at what was the reason it was planted for. Was it planted for the dates or was it planted for the branches? Since it wasn't planted for the branches, so therefore you don't make a bracha bari priyadama, you make a bracha shahakal nebedvari. But what if he just <clears throat> plans to plant it for the branches? Even it's not what people do. But probably you would say but regarding that butla daite, it's a kolonim. That's not uh, what people but, plant it for. Nowadays, they, make, they sell the uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a commodity. It's a, it's it is. Okay, I hear you. What's the question? It's a good question. I don't know. So the Gemara questions now this premise. Is this true that if something is not planted for a certain purpose, so then you make a bracha shahakal? If it wasn't planted for this purpose, you don't make the bracha of Bayri Priyadama, you're going to make a shahakal. There is a tzlaf bush. What's this tzlaf bush? It's a caper bush, which grows some kind of berries on it. Berries, little berries. Okay, you've seen them? Okay, very good. Okay. So there's a caper bush. Now the Gemara is going to discuss this bush. It has leaves that are edible. And inside the leaves, there's something else which the Gemara calls like these little dates that are edible. Then there's the actual berries. And then there's like this kind of a husk or some kind of a shell on these berries, which are also edible. So there are four different things on this bush that we're going to discuss here. Let's take a look. So there's a tzlaf. The nati insha daiti de parcha. People plant this bush for what? For the parcha. Parcha is the berry, the proof, the fruit. Tanan, and we learned in a Mishnah, or it's actually a Braisem, what does it say? Tanya, Almine, Nitzpom, different types of this, this slough tree, this caper bush, ala al, nevala tomatoes, if you're eating the leaves, which are edible, or the tomatoes, inside the leaves, there are these little dates that grow, oime bayre priyadama. So you make a bracha, bayre priyadama. Since it's not the main fruit of the tree, so you make a bayre priyadama, but not shahakal. 
Not, it doesn't say shakla, it says bayda priyadama. Vala avyainais, on the avyainais, which are the berries, which what the tree is l'chayda planted for, what the bush is planted for, vala kafrisin, and some kind of a shell that Rashi says that grows around it, oyme bayda priyaits. They make the bracha of bayda priyaits. So what do we see here? This caper bush is planted for the berries. And yet when you eat the other parts of it, you don't make a shahakal. You make a bayda priyadama, not like the opinion of Rav Yehuda. So the Gemara answers, Amrav Nachman by Yitzchak, no, Tzlaf is different, because Tzlaf, this caper bush, not the inchi adai to the shusa. When people plant it, they do have in mind to also eat the, uh, the leaves and the other parts of it as well. Which means, even though, of course, like every other tree or bush, the main intention of the person is for the berries or the fruit, but however, by this bush, people are also an additional thinking that they're going to eat from the leaves. Dikla, however, when it comes to a palm tree, lenoti inshadai to the kaida. People are not at all thinking about eating the branches when they're soft. People are planting it only for the palm, for the palms, for the for the for the dates. Vafalgav, now the Gemara concludes. Vafalgav, the Kol says Shmuel that Rav Yehuda, even though Shmuel, which is the one that argued with Rav Yehuda, he himself admitted that he was wrong and he agreed to Rav Yehuda and he even praised Rav Yehuda's opinion. Nevertheless, Hilchasik vasei the Shmuel. We paskin like the opinion of Shmuel. So now the Gemara, we're going to have a long discussion here regarding this slaf tree, this slaf bush, regarding the halachas of Arla. The next whole section of the Gemara is all going to be about Arla. Tzlaf shal Arla, when you have a tzlaf, tree, a tzlaf bush of Arla, and now the din of, chutz, of Arla and Chutz Laretz is, there's a, it's an argument, but Rashi here says this Gemara is going according to the opinion that, that Arla and Chutz Laretz is only Midrabanam. And that it's Israel, Arla's Menatayre, but a Chutzlaret is only Midarabana. And therefore, we know the rule anytime there's a there's an Isser that's Menatayre, Suffolk, any, in any doubt, it's going to be forbidden. But if it's only a rabbinic uh, uh, decree that it's Asr, so then in any doubt, it's going to be permitted. Okay, so that's the basis of this Gemara. Let's see what it says here. So if you have this Slav of Arla and Chutzlaret, Zaydik is So if you have those berries that grew in those three years, you have to throw out the berries. But Vaychal is a Kafrisen. You could eat the, the shell that's around it, that you could eat. That's not part of the fruit, it's not the arla. Shall we say that the berries are the fruits that are forbidden, but and the shell is not the fruit and therefore it's permitted? I'll ask you a question that we brought before from the same Braise. On all these types of bushes of tzlav, on the leaves and on the little dates that are inside the leaves, you make a bracha both on the berries and on the shell. You do make a bracha of bayri priya eight, so you see that even the shell is eaten as part of the fruit, and it's it should be also for Arla as well. And for the Gemara, this opinion of Rav Yudamara follows Rabbi Kiva's ruling. That none, Rabbi opinion is Tzlaf Mis Aser. When it, when it comes to the Tzlaf tree, Mis Aser Tmarais Veavyanes VeKafrisin. You have to give Meiser from the little dates that grow on it. And also the berries and also the shell. From all of it, you gotta give meiser. It's all a fruit of the tree. Akiva however, Abakiva argues and says, is Aser, Ella Pulvad, you only take meiser from the berries. Only the berries is the peidi, but everything else is not part of the peidis of the tree. So therefore we say the same thing regarding our law that our law is permitted. If this is not Rav's own Chiddush, if he's merely repeating Rabbi Kiva's opinion, so why don't he say that Allah is like Rabbi Kiva? 
And for the Gemara, if you would have said that the halach is like Rabbi Kiva, I would think this applies even to Arla and Eretz Yisrael, which over there it's Menatayda. Kamash Malon, therefore he's teaching us only in Chutz La'aretz, only outside Eretz Yisrael, Kolamekel Ba'aretz. The rule regarding Arla is if there's any argument about Arla, if there's a kula, if there's a lenient opinion, so if there's an argument about this regarding regarding Arla and Eretz Yisrael, halacha kemaisei b'chutz la'aretz. Outside Eretz Yisrael, we follow that opinion because outside Eretz Yisrael, Arla is only with the Rabbanon. Avol ba'aretz loy. But so this is uh, sorry. This is part of a question. The Gemara asks, Avol ba'aretz loy. So what are you saying that we could only follow the lenient opinion? Outside Eretz Yisrael and not inside Eretz Yisrael. So the name Rav should have said Halacha Kerabakive b'Chutzal Aretz. You should have clearly said the Halacha is like Rabakive outside Eretz Yisrael. The Chol Amekul ba'Aretz Halacha Kamaisa b'Chutzal Aretz. When it comes to Arla, we follow the lenient opinion outside Eretz Yisrael. Why didn't he say that clearly? So the Gemara answers, No, he couldn't say that either. If he would have said that Allah is like Rabbi Kiva outside Eretz Yisrael, Hava Minai would have said, Where did Rabbi Kiva originally say his din? He was speaking not about Arla, he was speaking about Maiser. I would think that he's, that he's saying this only regarding Maiser Elon, the Be'eretz Gufa Midrabana. The whole din of Maiser regarding trees is Midrabana. There's no such a thing of Maiser on trees. So I would think maybe only regarding Meiser we're being lenient. But when it comes to Arla, the Ba'aretz Midairaisa, Arla is a, is a Isser that has a source in the Torah, and in Eretz Yisrael it is Menah Torah. I would think that even in Chutz Laaretz we should decree that we should be more, we should be Machmer. We should follow the stringent opinion and be machmed even outside Eretz Yisrael. Kamash Malon, so therefore you have to clearly spell out and say, Rav Yudah Marav had to say, that the tzlaf of Arla and Chutzal Aretz, you can eat the berries, you, you throw out the berries, that is, but you eat the shells. Because he's not, he's not exactly repeating what Rabbi Kiva said. Rabbi Kiva was talking about Maiser, and he is talking about Arla. Now the Gemara brings a, a incident of what happened. Ravina Ashkechele Mar Baravashi, the Kazarik of Yainis, the Kaochel Kafrisen. Ravina saw that this is what Mar Baravashi did when it was a caper bush and it was with the Arla. So he threw out the berries and he ate the shells. Amalei, so Ravina questioned him and said to him, My Daitech, what are you thinking? Why are you eating the, the shells and throwing out the berries? Kerabakive, you're following Rabakiva's opinion, the Mekel, that's lenient. If you want to follow a lenient opinion, I will show you that there's an even more lenient opinion. And again, the rule always regarding our law outside Eretz Yisrael is we follow the most lenient opinion. So he says there's an even more lenient opinion. What's that? Beshamai. It's not because we learned in a Mishnah, or it's actually a Braisem. Tzlav, when it comes to this caper bush, if you plant a Tzlav in a vineyard, it's Klayim. There's no Klayim if you have a tree that's planted in a vineyard. There's only Klayim if it's grain, if it's Tvua, or if it's vegetables. So Beishamai says that a Tzlav bush is actually considered to be like a vegetable, and therefore it's Klayim in a vineyard. Beishel will say, ain't Klayim Bekerem. There is no climb in the in the kerem, in the in the vineyard. That is why, because the caper bush is a tree, and there's no climb when you mix a tree together with the vineyard. Then the Braisa concludes, Elu ve'elu moidim. Both Beishamai and Basilul agree, Shachayiv ba'arla, that there is the, the Isser of Arla applies to the caper bush. 
So the Gemara questions this, what's going on over here? Hagufakashi, the beginning of the Braisa and the end of the Braisa contradict each other. Omrit, you said, Slav, that this caper bush, Beshama Yebrim, Klaim, Bekeren, that it's Klaim. How could it be Klaim? Alma, Minyaraku. So I see that this caper bush is a vegetable. Vahadatani, and then you say, Elo, Elo, Moedim, Shachayavim, Barla, that both Beshama and Basil agree that there's Arla. Alma, Minilanu. So I see that everybody agrees that it's a tree. If it's a vegetable, there's no Arla regarding vegetables. Right? Vegetables grow again every year from new. There's no Arla right, by vegetables. So how do you learn Shachayavim, this Braisa? So the Gemara explains, so this is not a question. Beishamai himself is actually saying that there's a, there's a suffix. We have a doubt exactly what is this caper bush. Is it a vegetable or is it a tree? So therefore, when it comes to Klayim, we take this, the, the stringent approach that it's going to be Klayim in the, in the vineyard. And when it comes to Arla, we take the stringent approach that it's going to be uh, Arla. Okay, so that, that's, the, that's what we see over here in Beishamai's opinion. So now the Gemara concludes, According to Beishamai, the whole chiv of Arla regarding this caper bush is, is in a doubt. It could even be that it's a vegetable. And the whole din of Arla doesn't apply over there. So, and if so, Utnan, we know it says, regarding Arla, the Gemara already mentioned this point before, but now the Gemara brings the source from the Mishnah that it, where it says this in Arla. Suffolk Arla, if you have any tree that it's a Suffolk, if there's the din of Arla there, in Eretz Yisrael, where the Isr is Menatayre, it's Asr, Ubisurya, in Surya, which is a place that Dovra Melech conquered, and there are certain halachas that are similar to Eretz Yisrael, but it's really not part of Eretz Yisrael, Mutter, over there it's, it's permitted to eat uh, from this, these fruits, but you're not allowed to go into the field itself and collect yourself because it's close to Eretz Yisrael, so you're not allowed. But a b'chutzla aretz, if it's a Suffolk Arla, and it's outside Eretz Yisrael, yoyrid v'lekeyach, you can go down into the field and take it from a person that, that's giving it to you, u'blvatshala yirenu like it. But you shouldn't go and, and take yourself. Okay? Huh? You shouldn't see him. You shouldn't see him taking it itself, right. Okay, so now what's the Gemara's question? When it comes to the tzlaf, we see that Beishamai's opinion is that it's a vegetable tree. So the tzlaf is not shayach to Arla, it doesn't belong by Arla at all. So then why is it that we saw that Mar Baravashi was careful with Arla when it came to the caper bush that he didn't eat the berries? So the Gemara answers, When you have Rabbi Kive that's arguing with Rabbi Yezer, we can take the leniency of Rabbi Kive's opinion. And then we're going to say that Arla doesn't apply to the shells. But a Beishamai, when it comes to Beishamai, they argue with Beishilol, ain't a Mishnah. We don't pay attention to Beishamai's opinion at all. After it was passing like Beishilol, Beishamai's opinion is we don't pay attention to it. And it's, it's not even a kula that we could follow. Okay, this concludes this part of this Indian. Now the Gemara is going to zero in more into the shells. We said that the shells of the fruit, of this, of this berries, of this caper bush, no Arla applies. So the Gemara wants to understand why not, and the Gemara is going to bring many different sources that we find that even the shell could be part of the Isra of Arla. The Gemara is going to make a few attempts until it's going to come to the conclusion. Let's see. Frek, the Gemara, the tape, clay, the nasa, shaymalapayri. Even if it's true that the shell is not a fruit, but it's a, it's a protector to the fruit. 
And when it comes to Arla, the Isra of Allah applies even to the protection of the fruit. Because when you look in the wording of the Pasuk, it says, And it should be closed off from you, and you should not eat it, you should not have any benefit of it. And it says, That includes even the cover, the shell that's secondary and, and guard, guarding the fruit. If it's a shimer to the fruit, it's also forbidden. So how could this kafrisen, uh, which is the shell of these berries, be permitted in for Arla? answered, When do I say that if it's a protector to the fruit, it's forbidden? If that shell remains on the fruit, both when it's taken off the tree and when it's connected to the tree. When it comes to the berries of the caper bush, he say, while it's attached to the ground, that shell is there, but betalush, once you take it off the tree, let's say, the, the shell has fallen off already. So therefore, this is not a protector that is included in this Isra of Arla. So there's two different types of Shaimrim on the Peri. So the Gemara does not accept this answer. Abaya asked the question, and here the Gemara brings a case of a pomegranate. Pit The pomegranate has that sort of little crown on the top, right? Mitzdarefes. It could be combined to the size of the fruit. This is talking about the halachas of Tumah, when it has to be a, the minimum size of an egg in order that it sh- the Tumah should take effect. So the, the little crown on the top is part of the fruit, and it's combined to the size of the fruit. The hanates shaloi, the nates is this, this, this flower. I mean, we, after the pomegranate comes off the tree, you don't really see it, but out of that crown on the top, there's this hairs or flowers that sort of comes out, and it's sort of a protection on the fruit. So emitzdarif. That does not combine to the fruit itself for the tumma to have the size for the tumma. So now, the Gemara explains it. When it says that this flower on top of the pomegranate does not combine with the fruit itself, so we know it's not part of the fruit. So for tumma it does not combine. But it's non gabi arla. When it comes to arla, we learned, the shell, the peel of the... Um, of the uh, pomegranate, and including this flower that sort of protects it, the shell of the walnuts, and its pits, are all chayav and arla. Now this nates, as we know, this, this flower that's on top of the pomegranate falls off when you, it's not on it, after you cut it off the tree, it's not on it anymore. So before we said that as long as the shell or the protector falls off when you cut it off the tree, it's not part of Arla. But over here we see clearly by the pomegranate that it's not so. That the nates, which falls off when you cut it off, is still part of Arla. Elamarav says a different answer. Hey, when do I say that this protector, that this shell is a protector to the fruit? Only if that shell is still there when the fruit is fully ripened. Hi, kafris, this kafrisen, this this shell that is on the berries of the caper bush, lesse bishas gemar peidi. It doesn't even. Not only it doesn't stay on when you cut it off the tree. It actually doesn't stay on the fruit long enough when it ripens. Before it ripens, it already falls off. So therefore, it's not considered to be part of this protector that it's also for our law. So the Gemara will refute this answer as well. Any is this true? So these dates that are very, very not ripe, they're small, of, of our law, Asiri, are forbidden. Why? So the maschali actually refers to the, um, there's a certain shell that's on the dates when they're very, very small. That's what it's referring to. So when, when they're very, un, uh, before they're ripe, there's a shell on the dates, 
And it says here that, uh, that Rav Nachman said that they're forbidden for Arla. Why? Because they're protecting the fruit. And, and therefore they're also. So now the Gemara analyzes this. These dates, when do they have this little shell that surrounds them? Have the kufra. They're only there when the dates are very small before they're ripe. The kakarele shaymalapedi. And Rav Nachman says that even if that shell is only there at an early stage, it's still considered to be a protector for the fruit and it's forbidden. So how can we say that if it falls off when it gets ripe, that it's not a protector for the fruit? So the Gemara says, okay, from here there's no proof because we could say Rav Nachman, Savalok Rav Yaisi. Rav Nachman, his opinion only follows what Rav Yaisi said. The Tnan, Rav Yaisi said in the Mishnah, Rav Yaisi Yaime, Smader Osur, Mipneshu Peiri. Smader is the grapes at their very earliest stage, when the, when the flower falls off and you have the very beginning of the budding of the grape, so that's what's called smother. As we'll see over here in the Gemara, there are three different stages with the growth of the grape. The earliest stage, as soon as the flower falls off, is called smother. The next stage, when you have sort of these white grapes that are not ripe, are called baser. And the final stage is down over the grapes, and they're fully uh, ripe. So Rabbi Yaisi says, smother, the grapes that are right at the beginning, is oser. It's also also then. Mipnei, uh, it's also for Arla. Mipnei Shu Peiri, because it's already considered to be a fruit at that point. Okay, so this is Rabbi Yaisi's opinion, that even an unripe fruit is called a fruit. However, the Rabbanan argue on him. So the same thing goes also for the protector of the fruit. What is the protector of the fruit called a protector? According to Rabbi Yaisi, even if the protector is there at the earliest stage, because he says that the fruit at the earliest stage is already a fruit, but the Rabbanan argue. No, the Gemara is going to say that this is not, this is not the case. asked the question. So the assumption of the Gemara was, just like the Rabbanan argued with Rabbi Yaisi regarding grapes, the same argument applies regarding all fruit trees. But the Gemara is not going to prove that that's not true. Did Rabbanan argue on Rabbi Yaisi regarding any other fruits? But now we learned in a Mishnah, and this is a halacha regarding Shemitah. On Shemitah, the halacha is that the fruits that grow on Shemitah have to be eaten and not destroyed. You're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree. You're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree. But let's say for whatever reason there would be a hetah to cut down a fruit tree. In Shemitah, you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree because the fruits of Shemitah are supposed to be eaten and not destroyed. So now the question is, you have a fruit tree and the fruits didn't grow yet. At what point when the fruits start growing is it forbidden to cut down the fruit tree? From which point are you not allowed to cut down the fruit tree? As soon as you have just a tiny little bit of the fruit that, that emerges. say No. You, look at, you have to look at different trees differently. When it comes to the carob tree, when it has... Um, Sharsheres, uh, when it has uh, like like a uh, like a chain that's growing like in chains. Hagefanim, and uh, when you have the grapes, mishiyigru, when they're unripened. The Gemara will soon say exactly what that is. Vahazaisim, and when you have the olives, mishiyanitsu, when when the uh, f- when the flower of the fruit comes out. Believe maybe shanitsu means a little bit more than that. Vesharkalilanois, and all other trees. So this is what's important for us. All other trees, the rest of the trees, as soon as the fruit emerges, it's already a fruit and you're not allowed to cut it down for Shemitah. 
The Gemara now goes back to explain when it said regarding grapes, that when you have unripe grapes, so you're not allowed to cut it out, down. What does that mean? What is unripe grapes? Ravasi said, Hu baiser, hu garua, hu There are three expressions regarding the grape tree that are the same. Baiser, garua, and pulalovam. Pulalovam means like a white bean. So the Gemara asks, pulalovam, slokadaitach. We're talking over here about beans. What, what is beans over doing over here? Ella, the Gemara says, when the, when the grapes are small, like white beans, so that's the stage of Baiser. Like I said before, you have the grapes right when it starts, it's called Smader. The next stage, when it's not ripe, it's like little white beans, it's called Baiser. And then you have when it's fully ripe. Okay, so this is the opinion of the Rabbanon, that when it comes to a vineyard, only in the second stage, when it's Baiser, then it's also for it to be cut down, and then it's also also for Arla. So the Gemara says, Man, Shamat Who's the one that says regarding a vineyard? That you have to wait until it's at least like a little bean and not right when it comes out. Rabbanon. This is Rabbanon's opinion. This is not Rabbi Yaisi. Vikatani. And here it says clearly, Shar, It's all of the trees. We don't compare all trees to the vineyard. By the vineyard, you have to wait until the grapes are at least like a small bean. When it comes to all other trees, as soon as the fruit emerges, it's right away going to be a, a, like a fruit, and it's also to cut down for Shemitah, and it's also for Arla. So we can't give the answer we said before, that if the protection is there only at the beginning, then it's not a protection. Because even the Rabbana will agree that that's called a fruit. Ela Marava, here comes the final answer. When do we say that a protector, a shell of a fruit is is, is aser? If it's such a kind of protector that if you remove it, the fruit will die. But hacha by the caper bush, When you take away the protector, the fruit won't die. So therefore, it's it's a protector, but it, it doesn't rely on it. Even without it, the fruit won't die, and therefore, it's not asafar law. The Gemara brings Hava Ovde. There was something, the, the scenario, they tested it and it happened. They took off this, 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 this flower that grows on top of the Rimaina, probably the pomegranate, when it's still connected to the tree. The Yavish Rimaina. And the pomegranate dried up. They took off the protector of Bitisa, which is this, this, this berry of the caper bush. And the, the berry did not die. So the berry could survive without having this protector. And that is the reason why the halachas of, of, of uh, Arla don't apply to it. Let's skip the parentheses. It's not uh, part of the Gemara. It's from the Gainim. The Gemara, let's learn one more halacha here regarding uh, Pilpali. See it where I'm holding? After the parentheses. Pilpali is hot peppers. Hot peppers. Now the halach is, what bracha do you make on them? And the, the issue over here is they're not made to eat alone. I mean, some people maybe like to eat it alone, yeah. but they're made to eat together with other fruits, or together with other foods. There's a spice. Or they're pickles. So, uh, so, so the question is, what bracha do you make in it separately? Rav says the bracha is shahakal, because it's not, it's too sharp to eat separately. Rav says that if you eat it separately, it's not made to eat. You have no know of it. Don't make any bracha on it at all. Was the Ravala Taimade of a father's opinion in another case, the Amarava Kos Pilpuli the Yaimi de Kipuri? Someone that chews hot peppers, Ayam Kipper, Potter is exempt of the fact that he didn't fast, or Kos Zangvilo the Yaimi de Kipuri. If someone chews Zangvilo, which is ginger, Ayam Kipper, he's also Potter because it's not made to eat alone. So the Ayam Kipper, you have to fast, and you're not eating, not having any know whatsoever. So the Gemara asks a question. When the Torah says regarding the halach of Arla, 
So it says, is it not clear that we're talking about a fruit that grows on a tree? Afterwards, the Pasuk adds, a tree for food. This comes to add, this is a, a fruit that grows on a tree where the taste of the fruit and the taste of the tree itself is the same. This is this, this, this uh, spice, this pilpulin. It teaches you that pilpulin is a fruit and it's chayiv in Arla. And the Tata also parenthetically is telling you, There's nothing that's lacking in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, everything grows. As it says, There'll be no scarceness in Eretz Yisrael. You won't be lacking anything in Eretz Yisrael. So we see over here that it is a fruit. If it's a fruit that it's chayiv in Arla, you should also be chayiv to make a regular bracha on it and not shahakel. So the Gemara answers, it depends. Like Kashya. If it's damp, it's edible, it's a fruit, and it's still damp, on that you make a bracha. But if, it, if it's not, if it's dry, so then it's not the same. So then Rav says if it's totally dry, you don't eat it at all that way, you don't make a bracha on it. Not a similar question was asked also regarding the ginger. We said that if you chew ginger, this hamalta, what's this hamalta? It comes from, from India. Hamalta is also ginger that's uh, together with uh, honey. Okay, a mixture of ginger and honey. Sharia, you're allowed to eat it. Rashi says there's no issue even if it's cooked. There's no issue of bishalakum, that it's being cooked by a guy because it can be eaten raw. And you make a bracha on it even if you eat it raw. So you see that you do make a bracha on ginger if you're eating it raw. And for the Gemara, like Kashi, again, the same answer, it's not a question. If it's damp, if it's, if it's soft and damp, you make a bracha on it. But if it's dry, then you don't make a bracha on it. Or you don't make a bracha adam on it. To, to eat these things in Yom Kippur? Oh, it's potter. Potter, correct. Exactly. Why are you referring to chili peppers? Chili peppers, maybe? Potter, it's not potter. The Tivisa, the hot. And it's still, he has the art scroll over there. What do they say? Just a black pepper. Huh? Black pepper. Black pepper. Right. Not not the, the hot peppers that people eat. So well, there's a bunch of charcoal. Huh? And these things are charcoal. Correct. There's actually a shaila. Benigaya to karpas. And it's from shaila. Benigaya to karpas. Our that we eat uh, onion for karpas. But actually, the shaila. Oh, okay. Most people, I believe, don't. I don't know. It's, uh, you eat in a salad? Do you eat plain onion? You just take out of your fridge. Sometimes. 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 You take an onion. Not, 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 not like the not like a kazaris. We think it's kadeos for us. No, but... I, I eat it sometimes. Okay. So it's a no, How do we make a hadama on the raw onions? I don't remember the answer now, but I remember that it's a big discussion. Because it's, it's not the better either raw. What? There are sweeter onions. Yeah, you can get the smaller oh, no, onions, or the, or the red onions, or whatever. Yeah. Speaks about eating something that's 
So you Correct. make a bracha if it's, it's not a mitzvah bababaya or it's a chal. It's not called mitzvah bababaya. It's not mitzvah bababaya, but it's not... As long as you, the Gemara said, if it's mazak the person, as long as you're having hana while you're eating, you have to make a bracha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 